Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to the Sword and Shield Podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erich. And I'm Chief uh, Christopher Howard. Hey, welcome back, Chief. It seems like it's been a while since we've been together here doing a podcast. I think it has, sir, right? Uh, well, you know, if you look at the timeline, right, we've had uh, your change of command and now you're the, the wing commander. We had, Our last conversation was uh, right after that. And then uh, we've had the long month of uh, August kind of come in and you taking on uh those uh, those duties and then all the meetings that we've had when we're getting close to into the fiscal year. So it has been a few days, sir. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, we've got some really good feedback on the podcast, and and it, anytime we mention to somebody about um, do you want to be a part of the podcast, we always get the affirmative. So people are lining up. Oh yes, definitely. And we've had some great guests so far, right? I mean, if we look back, uh, we've had uh, all of our new uh, group commanders come on board, uh, our new uh, vice wing commander. Uh, and a few special guests. So it's been uh, it's been fun and exciting so far. That's for sure. Yeah, that's excellent. So that kind of leads us into today's topic. Uh, September is Suicide Prevention Month. And so we're going to focus our podcast this month on that. And um, and so this is um, part of a kind of a mini series of that. We're just going to kind of talk about some of our experiences and what we what we think about um, as leaders and organization, kind of what we've uh, focused on in the past. So um, do you have any thoughts to kind of get us started here on um, what what you think about. Right. Uh, so when we talk about suicide prevention, there's a lot of thoughts that come into play, right? We have um, our, uh, our normal training, but I think it, it's more inflective or introspective uh, for me. Um, I'm sure that uh, much like uh, many other leaders had some personal experiences of, of dealing with uh, people that I know. Um, and then uh, just the, uh, the uncomfortable piece of the having the conversation, right? Uh, and I, I think that uh, if, as we get after it this month uh, and we uh, we talk more to Francis uh, and we see uh, some of those aspects and then even going back to my shirt days, I think about all of the resources that individuals don't necessarily know about. Uh, and then uh, some of the stories of, of um, how those resources really are truly helpful. So me personally, I think about, um, you know, the military family life uh, consultant, the MFLIX. Uh, there are individuals that are available through... Um, the Family uh, Readiness uh, uh, Center, and uh, they are uh, trained professionals that are contracted out. Um, you have a, a finite number, I think it's around 10, uh, that you can actually go talk to them before um, you have to move on, or they refer you to another professional for professional help. And me personally, actually, uh, I've had some rough times in my life, and I've actually went out to the Military Family Life and uh, life consultant and actually had conversations with them uh, a number of times to to kind of work through some of those things, knowing that there'd be some negative, um, you know, ramifications, at least internally, and coming to find out that uh, externally there were none. I actually had a a great neighbor, uh, a captain that lived across the street from me that saw that I was having some issues dealing with some things. And he uh, reached out to the chaplain, had the chaplain reach out to me, and then also uh, made sure that I had some time and uh, walked me to the MFLEC at one point to make sure that I could get through that that hard time in my life. So um, as uh, there's a negative connotation there in our minds, 
I would say that uh, in the reality, it's predominantly internal that that, that conflict really resides. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, and I don't see any conflict either. Obviously, we all get different experiences. And over my 26 years in the Air Force, I think I've seen a, a significant change in the way we approach that. And we've used the family counselors as well with our family. And um, we actually met in the office nice. and it was like no big deal. And so um, it was really helpful. It helped uh, it helped us get through you know, a couple of things with the kids and um, and expose them to the concept of it just asking for help. Right. Right. And um, that that. I tell them all the time that asking for help is a positive character trait. And I think we need to think about it that way um, because really there's so many stresses going on right now in, right. in people's lives. And we try to keep track of them and just those, you know, on the news all the time, just COVID, social unrest, people's financial status. Um, right. As reservists, balance and civilian work and the job and the family those things are kind of always there and you never know when that one thing may be the the thing that somebody says hey i just i can't deal with this it's really hard to get past this and um we want to encourage everybody to seek help anywhere right um inside or outside the system too true right and we are internalize things and, and tend to um kind of uh exasperated in our own minds quite often that's what i learned with uh talking to um them like a, at one point uh you know when you're trying to break out is is this a failure upon my part right um dealing with that particular problem or um just not being able to see past that particular problem and then all of the internal conversations that happen in your head just keep on feeding into that uh and without getting that external conversation going that internal conversation just builds up and then it just builds up and then it builds up uh, to a point where it's just uh, extremely uncomfortable and uh, you've rationalized or painted yourself uh, emotionally into a corner, right? Uh, so I think that uh, getting that help is very, uh, very unnecessary. And, uh, you know, us, us as leaders breaking down the barriers of uh, the stigma of that, that uh, as good wingmen, um, it's my job to make sure you get there. Uh, get to that external help so that you can get outside of that internal conversation and uh, break down some of those things and find out what you can control. Uh, what are some of the tools? I know that uh, Frances has, a, again, has a lot of uh, tools out, uh, on hand that she's going to share with us over the next month uh, of how to get out of that cycle and then also help yourself find that external support so that you don't get yourself painted emotionally or rationally into some kind of corner internally. Yeah, I've I've used a number of techniques um, throughout my career that have been effective, and sometimes it's, hey, let's go for a ride, right? Mm -hmm. And we we end up at the the chaplain's office and do a positive handoff to somebody. Sometimes it's call the chaplain and go, hey, chaplain, I need you to come through the office. Just need you to do kind of a morale check. And oh, by the way, I need you to stop and talk, you know, to this person or right. stop in this office or stop in this pod or this group of people and have a chat. And, um, you know, it works. And, and there's a number of those resources and all it takes is somebody that just ask and, and we're training our leaders and telling people to, to kind of be on the lookout for that. Look right. for those signs, even more than the traditional signs, um, you know, that lead to suicide. We want to, we want to get there early and prevent it before those things kind of pile on and keep people from letting that um, work up. And maybe it doesn't always end up in a suicide, maybe it ends up in other um, trouble where people uh, react 
you know, in a negative way and right. with the, whether that ends up in, uh, in some sort of, um, incident that kind of puts their, puts them on a path where, um, in the future that leads to, right. it leads to an issue. Um, no, right. So as the stressors build up, um, and, uh, if we are in, unable to um, break out of that cycle and we have a negative reaction, whether it's a, um, an outburst or, um, whether it's, um, you know, destructive behavior, um, then that just exasperates the situation, right? So now let's say, um, we had a situation where maybe I lost my cool and yelled at somebody and now, okay, now I'm in the corner because now you're that guy or you're that girl. Um, and, uh, if, uh, we as leaders don't then engage in that, that situation and go, okay, what happened here? Let's, let's break this down. What are the underlying situations? Then, uh, that person can be even more cornered in that situation. And, uh, then they've painted themselves in the corner because of those actions. And, uh, then that just adds to it. And I think that's what you're going with, right? So it could lead to even further problems. Yeah. And, and it's the pile on effect, I think, is is what I think about a lot and making sure that we're trying to uh, nip it in the bud as early as we can and get people that help. And I know it's hard for us because we don't get to see everybody right. every day like the RAGAF side does, you know, and then they still have a lot of problems with suicide. And the Air Force is still, still on track this year to, to reach the number that we did in 2019. Which was and a pretty high number. Pretty high number. And so um, I know there's a lot of concern, a lot of talk about it. That's kind of why we want to focus this month on um on just talking about it making sure people are comfortable asking for help and 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 getting the resources they need and, and you know i heard uh, i heard the comac commander uh, of acc talk about they did a study in acc over a couple of years and they looked at all the cases mental health cases that they had and looked at how many of those actually ended up in a security clearance problem and it was mm-hmm. less than one percent right uh, and and he made the comment those one percent probably shouldn't have been in the air force anyways those are people with really serious mental health problems right that somehow were able to cope with it for a significant part of you know their lives right um and finally they just they, they broke and um really needed help so that makes me really comfortable with people asking for help because our system now seems to be um, better. I'm not saying it's perfect, but right. but we are getting better. I think about um, understanding that mental health is an illness, just like any other illnesses, and we should treat right. it that way. And even if maybe it maybe it leads to somebody being be, uh, being on some sort of profile for a while to get them healthy and safe, and then we get them back. But we don't jump to you lose your security clearance right away. Right. No, definitely, sir. Right. And then that kind of leads me to. Um, some of the things that I learned in leadership as a shirt, um, I was actually uh, able to uh, talk to an individual and uh, come to find out uh, about a year and a half later, he came to me and, and said, you know, sure, if it hadn't been that conversation that you and I had, I was going out, um, driving uh, onto the coast and jumping off a cliff. So thank you. You know, and to me, I didn't even realize that it was that significant. Um, but it came down to what, based on that conversation, uh, that member and I had was, um, you know, a genuine concern and having a, a genuine uh, conversation uh, with him and being able to, you know, talk to him through the problem uh, and uh, actually just offload everything, right? I, I had meetings. I had a lot of things going on. A couple of people were knocking on my door, but I made it very clear that this was the priority today. Uh, this member was the priority and, and took the time to have an honest conversation with uh, that member 
and help them work through it, right? There was nothing I could personally do to prevent what was going on in this person's life. It had been a medical issue that was just compounding. But uh, taking the time to be honest with them and uh, open up and have a good conversation and have a, a legitimate honest conversation and not just have a touch point uh, made all the difference in that particular situation. In that case, right, you had no right. idea. And no. so we don't, right? But you made a connection with them. And I, I think that's important to um, important to people that you just are there for them and open up because you never know. Right. You don't know what people are dealing with. People um, have a way to carp carp compartmentalize right. tough word. Yes, it tough is. word today. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 there's uh, just this being able to connect with wingman is is what really I think is important. And you being able to do that, not knowing, I, I, that should bring you some satisfaction. I mean, and right. personally, I would think about how that's a save. Right. I mean, so there's the good and bad, right? So that was a great story. Um, you know, again, as in a leadership role, um, I've had uh, external uh, members that I was part of, right? It's people in my community that uh, I've had conversations with and I missed some of the signs or I wasn't able to pick up on them. Um, you know, I had an individual that I knew. Uh, okay, right? We weren't friends. Uh, we interacted. We We had a few missions together. Um, we even had a beer or two together over, over some times and, um, someone that, uh, had talked to me about mentorship on occasion that I've talked to them, uh, and helped develop them out and, uh, didn't catch anything, uh, and ended up uh, losing that, uh, that airman, uh, to suicide. And, uh, it's one of those other things that, you know, you try to balance that out internally of what could I have done better. Uh, how could I have missed this situation? And it, it comes down to that piece that you said, sirs, um, compartmentalization of, of some of those things. And then also, uh, I don't think I ever really had a genuine conversation with that particular individual. And that's uh, something that you kind of uh, try to work with. And, and one more piece that I try to learn as a leader that um, it's really important to, to make that, uh, that connection as much as possible. Is it always possible? No. Uh, are there going to be times where it's just a touch point? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, and not necessarily make that connection. Sure. But uh, if given the opportunity, always try to strive for that that connection with our enemy. Yeah, I always try to look people in the eye too when I, you know, and when when, when you have that, even if it's a short like, <laughs> yes. "Hey, how you doing?" It's not like just running down the hallway. It's, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, I'm with you here. Give me. And a lot of times, right. you can read, especially now with people wearing masks. I think <laughs> you know it, it's a little harder to pick up on what's going on, but. Right. Um, if you, if you listen to their voice and if they're out of their kind of their normal, um, conversational dialogue, or right. you can see it in their eyes sometimes and something's just not right. So right. take a lot the of, time to say something. Yeah. Right. A lot of nonverbals there. Right. So if uh, we, again, if we stay engaged with our airmen again in leadership roles, sometimes it can be very hard to stay engaged at the lower level, but, uh, just, good situational awareness of this is how the demeanor I know that airman so-and-so has. Um, and uh, this is the demeanor and attitude that I know that captain so-and-so has. And uh, if uh, that changes, are we engaged enough and do we feel comfortable enough that I can ask you a hey, captain, how's, how's today going? You seem a little off today. Hey, airman, uh, you know, I noticed that uh, you're not engaged as much. What's going on? Um, what kind of stress is going on? And then all the, uh, the items that you brought up at the beginning of the conversation, especially now, right? Um, we don't, we're not seeing individuals. So how are we really engaging? 
and uh, how, how much effort are we taking to make sure that we know what's going on uh, with our airmen, with the finances, with the fact that now they've been cooped up with their family for six months. Or maybe not a family. Or not at If all. they don't right. have anybody where they are. Yep, exactly. I think there's, there's, there's responsibility for everybody here, right? It's, just, it's not a leadership problem. No. This is a human race problem, internal and external to the Air Force. And we all need to do something about it. And that right. is having that conversation and, and connecting with our airmen and just finding out what's going on in their lives and knowing what knowing what's going on in somebody's life enough to know that when that's maybe out of the norm for them, right. that there's some sort of signal there for you. Yep. And internally to the family as well, right? So a lot of us have teenage children. Um, it's really easy for them to get roped into the cyber side of the house, uh, kind of compartmentalize their life into this screen, into this world that you and I might not necessarily know. So how are we staying engaged with that? Uh, knowing what's going on there and having honest conversations with even our teenage kids. I know I have to make an effort with my teenage sons uh, to reach out to them and uh, actually talk to them. Um, one of them, you know, it's really hard to get them to talk. It's like I'll text them, hey, what's going on? Um, I call them and don't get an answer necessarily. But, uh, you know, that's my college student. And uh, it, it can be kind of hard uh, to make sure that you're engaged enough to know that everything is um, going forward and that they can rely on us as a parent or as a wingman uh, when it comes to our airmen. Yeah, I, I find myself doing much more deliberate engagement with right. my with my teenage kids and my college kid, um, more so than I think my parents ever did. And I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just you know, it's different times and I'm right. different stressors right now with kids. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullying obviously going on and it's, it's, we've kind of identified that as a significant societal problem as well. Um, I don't think it's any more now than it was when I was growing up and it was, it was bad. I mean, I saw, saw people beat up in school just for being different and right. just kind of a shock to the system there. And, and, well, we certainly didn't have the resource, you know, there's usually one counselor at the school and right. are you going to walk into the counselor, you know, all bloody and beat up, um, you know, to kind of rat on somebody? No. And I think um, it was more obvious thing because you would come home and your parents would say, what happened? You right. know, now if that's happening online, we may, we may not know it. It may push a kid to a breaking point. Well, it, I kind of, uh, you know, a term that we use in our house uh, a little bit more is uh Telephone tough guy, right? <laughs> when it comes to the cyberbullying, uh, going back to, you know, date myself, a lethal weapon uh, uh, movie where he's talking, oh, you're a telephone tough guy, right? It's really <laughs> easy uh, in the cyber realm for people who might not necessarily um, be so outward in bullying, uh, but can make a comment and then pile on. And then um, also the fact that uh, when we have these communities that are predominantly all cyber, um, how easy it is to, to get wrapped up in that's what, what's going on in life and uh, it not necessarily being 100% true or even 100% real. You know, when we talk about uh, some of the business that we're in with uh, within cyber, how easy it is for um, something else to just get tagged on and then blow up so quickly. Um, and then the fact that uh, back when we were kids, uh, it, it might take the end of the day for a rumor to get around the high school. 
Uh, it takes nanoseconds for this to get around. Yeah, and there's accountability, I feel like, in our day, right? So if you did something, you said something, it was, you're going to meet me by the bike rack. So, you know, yes. all back, you kind of knew that you were going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of policing going on. Nowadays, there's just the only accountability, I think, is if you find, you know, if a parent right. <laughs> were to find out and then it gets into the system, Um and so there's that, uh, you know, that anonymous piece to people right. taking advantage and the piling on again, I think is what can really push somebody to a, to a breaking point. Agreed. And then rolling that even back to our airmen, right? So even that happens to our airmen where we feel like this stuff is permanent, right? So we have one mistake uh, that happens uh, to an airman. Maybe they, they have a financial hiccup and they trip themselves off. And, and then this another thing happens. And now they feel like, oh my gosh. I mean, there was a point as an airman that I, I felt like my nickname was Schlepp Rock, you know, just bad luck. It was the only <laughs> luck I had. And uh, I felt like it was just going to pile on. Uh, but I was lucky enough to have uh, some strong NCOs that uh, helped dust me off and that that showed me that they believed in me and, and helped me succeed past that. Right. So I, I would have to hammer out again. It's really that wingman mentality of, of uh, being able to have that conversation and explain that, yes, today sucks, right? Uh, tomorrow's going to suck too. And it might suck for a week, might suck for a month, might suck for a year, um, but it's not going to suck forever. And uh, how are we going to work as a team together to get there? And as a supervisor, I'm going to I'm going to give you this opportunity to, to, to show that you're capable of uh, learning from this mistake. Um, now, we can't do that in everything in life, but, but if we can say, hey, you've got financial issues, well, let's sit down. Um, let's look at your finances. No judgment. Let's just look at what's going on. Let's see what we can help you out uh, balance out. What is and what is not important. You know, you, you need time with your family. Well, let's let's go ahead. Let's cut some leave. Let's give you a pastime. Let's let's make sure that you get to to a counselor. Um, things like that that we can do in, in those roles as supervisors and even as peers getting into supervision so they get that support. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there nowadays, and, and I I like to say that uh, suicide's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Right. And uh, we don't want to. We, we we got other solutions, you know, that we'd rather implement right. than than the permanent one. And so, um, even if the military is not compatible with your lifestyle, and if that's what's going to help, then I think we need to help you with that transition. Right. Uh, I know that we've done that on occasion for a couple of our environment, uh, where it just because of the stressors, because of everything else, it, this just wasn't a lifestyle, and there was no harm, there was no foul, and there was no negativity. It was. Thank you for identifying. Let's work with you as a team. I don't want to let you go until uh, you are in a better place, but know that I'm going to help you get to that better place. And that's not going to be in this uniform. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to care for you as a wingman all the way to the point you leave, as well as I may reach out to you as a civilian to see how you're doing. Right. Because it's really a family when we put this uniform on. And it's not just today. It's it's forever. That's that's the whole thing about being a veteran. Yeah, and there's an opportunity always to come back, right? Yes. And so um, leave on good terms and make sure you're getting the care you need, whether that's inside of our institution or external to that. And then when the time's right and things are better, absolutely, looks up. We want, we want you back. Definitely, sir. No, I'm some great stuff there. 
Well, I think that's important to continue the conversation all the time. And I guess what I'll, what I'll ask everybody to do and I'll charge everybody that um, you need to be on the lookout for this and need to always be talking to people, especially nowadays, really need you to have that communication with people, um, whether that's a FaceTime or if you can get um, some sort of video chat, just check in on people, get some eyeballs on them, make sure they're doing okay. Uh, we do have the ability to, to drill you know, sure. in person at your unit. So um, you should be thinking about that and how to rotate that in a safe manner in this COVID environment and just make those connections. However, those connections are made. We need everybody to do that, check with their network kind of continuously here. And not just today, not when COVID's over, but this culture of connection is really important and resiliency for everybody. Sure. Definitely. It's always be, always be a good wingman, always engage. Excellent. Well, thanks, Chief, um, for continuing the conversation, and um, we'll talk to everybody next time. 